Welcome to Pinehurst. Have a seat. Uh, what I'm going to do is tell you a little bit about Pinehurst, and then we'll let you get settled in your room. How does that sound? I hate it. Look, Joey, we really have to get this thing finished, okay? Leave me alone! And Joey! Joey! Welcome to The Last Theater on the Left. My name is Chris. My name is Joey. And welcome to Part 5. It's a new beginning for the Friday the 13th Marathon on The Last Theater on the Left podcast that you can find on cnjradio.com. Yes, it's our Part 5, not theirs. Right. Because they're not calling it Part 5. Well, they... They they on the DVD. It said part five, new beginning on the DVD or Blu-ray. Sorry, whatever. Yes, thank you. I'm I'm yes. <laughs> what do you what do you think of me, Chris? Right. No, I. It's Friday the Thirteenth, a new beginning on the title right. screen. Right. So okay. Whatever. It's just like uh, part four wasn't part four. Right. It wasn't. But, but after all, I mean, okay, moving on. But it gets right. confusing when you don't number them because I was I was asking you not like yesterday or a couple days ago okay what's the subtitle for the next one and because i know kind of what happens in the series as it goes but if you just have subtitles it's confusing when you have 10 plus a remake plus a spinoff you know Uh, it's it doesn't have the punchy subtitle that the final chapter does right this is a new beginning i mean (laughs) it sounds like a pad commercial you know or, or you know a soap opera yeah meanwhile like pretty much the predominant cast list if you check imdb for like probably every one of these there's tons of soap actors on here so yeah, I guess sure. maybe that makes sense they probably felt right at home yeah so. but maybe the title doesn't have punch but the opening credit sequence as i've talked about in all of these most of these so far does have a punch what can you do after everything explodes like in the previous one you have the jason mask come up through behind through the friday the 13th logo and then have it explode oh but you're getting ahead of everything chris (laughs) i mean a little bit because i i I have to make this a little bit about me for a second (laughs) all right chris this is the first and you you know this i'm i'm theatering for the people listening this is the first friday the 13th film i ever got to see uncut top to bottom at my aunt's house on hbo like in 1990 or 91 you know something like early 90s and so Going into any repeated viewings I've had right. of this, there's been a little bit of a soft spot for it. Sure. And that's more so when I first got the first DVD box set, that mm-hmm. because I bought every box set of this that exists. Right. And so that repeated watch, I was like, oh, yeah, I have a great memory of this. And I remember mm-hmm. liking it a lot. Yeah. And going into this, doing this series with uh-huh. you so many days in a row, watching them back to back to back to back. Right. I thought it was going to suck. And I think probably some of that was from watching Crystal Lake Memories. Mm-hmm. And they kind Did of, they kind of bash it on? Eh, there's a little bit of a bash because yeah. they were talking about the fan backlash. About, oh. you know, and okay, one more time. But I, I don't understand how you're listening to this without watching the film. Spoiler sure. City. Yeah. Spoiler City. Yeah. Okay. They bash it because it's not Jason. Jason is not the killer in part five. Right. It is... We'll get to that. But like you were saying, so, sorry, I don't mean to interrupt, but like you were saying, I was, we're going along and like we said at the top of this in part one, at the end of it, we're going to rank all of the Friday the 13th in order that we feel they should be ranked from best to worst or worst to best or however you want to do it. Sure. But you were saying that, because you were saying that you weren't looking forward to watching part five, and I have a 
pretty decent memory of this one as well. It's been, I mean, I've seen it quite a few times, and it hasn't been that long since I've seen it. And I was like, is it really that bad? Because I remembered it being okay and like remembering some of the characters. But you said that doesn't it already hurt it? Doesn't it give it like at least a star negative rating because it's not Jason? And my response was, well, it can still be a good movie. It doesn't really matter to me. I had never sure. even thought about that. Yeah, the IMDb critics had a whole star and change less than right. than part four was. Yeah. So I, you know, I I pay attention to that stuff too. Not yeah. that not that it matters sure. so much at the end of the day, but like a four point whatever yeah. versus like a five a high five, right. you know, or early six. Yeah. But see, to me, I don't care if it's Jason or not because okay. I mean the first one wasn't Jason. It's not. It's it's yeah. this is the this is two of two. Yeah. Non Jasons. Everything yeah. else is Jason, of course. And if it makes sense and it actually does continue the story. From the previous movie, from the final chapter to the new beginning, yeah. whatever. But it does continue the story, and it makes sense. It's not super deep at all, but it makes right. sense. And so with that, that's what I look at more than, is this Jason? Because I don't, it doesn't really matter to me if the movie's well made. Yeah, And, I mean, we'll get into whether we yeah. think it is or isn't. I mean, slightly going back to my first watch of this, that sure. first scene with Corey Feldman, which yeah. we now know is shot in his backyard with a garden hose over a tree. <laughs> right. But you know, there's other stuff around it. Yeah. Yeah, with the with the grave and and it's a dream and yeah. all this other stuff. But yeah, that was the first scene I saw on a Friday the thirteenth. Yeah. I'm like, this is gonna be great. <laughs> you know. So, you know, you see all that and it's the other thing. There's so much what 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 are the what are you supposed to call them? Red herrings or whatever, or falsehoods or yeah. you know, seed planning of a whole bunch of who right. done this is weird. This movie, <laughs> when you watch it the first time, it's a Jason movie. Right. But then the, all the repeated watchings you have of this movie, it's mm-hmm. a whodunit. Yeah. And when you watch it that way, it makes it an entirely different movie. So this yeah. is an interesting watch for me this time because I'm, you know, watching it with you. I have to think about stuff I want to say on the show. So I'm sure. really getting into the nitpick. Sure. But it's totally a whodunit. Right. Because, and the, the thing I like about that first scene with Feldman right. as young Tommy Jarvis, because Feldman's not in the whole movie. Right. Is that it puts the perception in your head that it's Jason. You know, like... Oh, yeah. And that you, the, you the killings that, are being done by Jason in this movie. Yeah, you notice yeah. it on repeat of viewings that they yeah. did that scene specifically. I mean, it's a great effect. Right. But I think half of the reason that scene is filmed mm-hmm. is because they're getting it in your mind. that It's Jason. Right. Now, they're really playing with you, too, because... They're like, oh, well, it's so freaking obvious that this new killer isn't Jason because of the color in the hockey mask. Because when you see him in the dream sequence, he's got the OG red mask on. And then the one that's doing the killing is the blue mask, uh, the blue stripe mask, you know. But you don't see the blue mask until almost the end of the movie. Right. And I guess by that time, and that's the other thing there, you know, if you were really paying attention... But I can imagine how many people actually caught the first time. I really don't think anybody the blue did. Difference. The first, I couldn't, I can't, I couldn't tell you for yeah. me because it's been so long. I don't remember my first viewing. Yeah, because your brain's doing other stuff. Yeah. You're going along with whoever is involved in running away. Run. Yeah. You're you're invested in what they're doing. Yeah. So you're not paying attention to that detail unless well, yeah, unless they just went did a whole bunch of flash shots <laughs> like zooming in his face in and out right. like a yeah. like a making weird it rock super obvious, which they did in this movie, and we'll get to the super obviousness Ooh, that they do in this yeah. movie. But to that point, I would say yes, that opening scene, which I really like with young Tommy 
uh, Feldman Tommy, however you want to sure. phrase it, because <laughs> sure. uh, it looks really good. It's all dark and it's wet and everything. And even if it is filmed in the backyard, I don't care because it looks good. Yeah, and it does. It's the first time that we really see Jason literally comes out of the grave. And even though this is a dream sequence, because after this happens, Tommy wakes up in the car and he's on his way to the halfway house or whatever it it's is. Like a, it's like a camp without being Camp Crystal right. Lake. It is. Been, it really is. Which would have been the best. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it was like, wouldn't it have been great if they had yeah. actually evolved Camp Crystal Turned Lake? Turned it into like a mental asylum for kids that yeah. are trying to integrate back into society. And it's like the Voorhees Memorial yeah. <laughs> Mental Illness Facility. I mean, come on, man. I that would have fit in really well, actually. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> Total missed opportunity there. Totally. But Probably maybe so, PJ Souls. <laughs> but it, so Yes, it does set up that fact that you think, okay, well, Jason can come back to the grave, because this is the first time we've really seen that. He came back from the axe to the head, but you can sort of, maybe, kind of think that he could do that, but this is the first time to where it's zombie Jason, which is what we get from the next movie on. Yeah, because he's, he's got that extra layer of fat in his head, like Homer Simpson does. <laughs> sure. so. But it also, that scene also sets up, not just that it's you think it could be Jason, but it also sets up that it could be Tommy. Because yeah. Tommy's having these dreams, yes, and then, but it, and it carries that throughout the rest of the movie because he keeps seeing Jason with the red mask in different places. He sees him in the yard. He sees him in the room with him. And I think, if I remember correctly, he actually, in subsequent times, he sees him. He might be getting closer to him because he was in the yard once, and then he was in his room. He saw him in the mirror once. And that, I might, I might not be remembering him in the correct no, order. No, that's that that's actually right on yeah. because. That is his uh, self-fulfilling prophecy yeah. that apparently we're going to go down yeah. that road at the end of the movie. And we'll at, get the to very, at the very end, he's right there in front of him. Right so there. It's, I mean, that was, I just thought of this right now, thinking yeah. about the, the timeline. It really does, I mean, that's really actually pretty well done. Yeah, I, I don't mind if we talk out of order. People yeah. know that this is, this is yeah. the spoiler review. Okay, so the execution of the Tommy character in this particular entry in the series... Mm. I just want to discuss this now because it's sure. on my brain sure. and I have to just go through it. And then we'll get through the 12 days of Christmas killings <laughs> where you just yeah. sing them off. Okay, we'll talk about all the suspects they the said. body count is ridiculous yeah. in this one. So at the end, he's laying in the hospital. And it's all said and done, mm. supposedly. And he sees the Jason. Mm-hmm. OG mask, nice right. touch with the axe, uh, yeah, uh, stain in the head and all yeah, that stuff. Standing at the foot of his bed, yeah, kind of, kind of drip, drip. <laughs> yeah, the 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 axe notch in his head is still bloody and kind of dripping no, down the mask eh, from the eye. I mean, well, there's still like still blood the stains in the head. Yeah, you're right, but yeah. uh, but also like that's probably he probably hit him there too a few times sure, when yeah. he hacked him. So that's a fresh hack uh, or sure. freshish. <laughs> that's a word. It's not a word. So. And then Jason fades out, right. like like he's disappearing off the face of the earth. Now, left brain versus right brain people, one of those sides okay. is saying, okay, he's cured now. He's over it. Oh, because he faded. Because he faded out and he's like, nope, you don't, you can't get me anymore. And he's gone. The other side of the brain is like, power transference, he is becoming Jason. Right. Or he's becoming... Or he's inhabiting the worst parts of Jason so he can start killing. Yeah. He's going to be the new killer. This is obviously the road they're going down oh, yeah. with this entry. Now... Well, it's the road they started in part four Yes, that was continued from the beginning of this one. Yeah, so they make him real mousy. He's practically a mute. He's a sympathetic mm. character. Yeah. 
and he should be. He's been through a lot, but it's like you have to almost forget the last look at the end of part four when he looks at the camera, and sort of you you sort of have to forget that because they kind of do the same ending here. They do. He like completely just devolves back to it, and so he may or may not kill that girl, but I think he's I think that the intention here is that he killed her at the end. Oh, at the end, yeah. And he becomes I, a killer, and he becomes the new Jason Hockey Mask definitely. ish serial killer guy. So why did they just completely erase it for part six? Quick answer, and then we'll answer it in part six. Yeah, I don't know. I can't really say because I don't exactly remember. I remember how six begins. Yeah. I remember a lot of part six, actually. Yeah, I love six. But, I mean, I think you can get more into it in that one. It's kind of like... At the end of each one of these, it was something that happened that the, you kind of have to smear away to make this next movie work. Oh, like in part nine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's the biggest one. That's, yeah. the, that's the biggest, like, what? <laughs> yeah. But, so, yeah, I don't know. To answer your question, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's just they were going well, down. When that... you wrote and directed these movies, Chris, <laughs> right. like, what was the intention? <laughs> okay, sorry. If it was, I mean, if it was me, that's the only thing you can really do to make that work because you can't have this guy who's supposed to be this hero and he knows all about Jason. I guess he, he knows all about Jason because he did inhabit, like, that mental capacity. Like we said in part four, he yeah. was young Jason Voorhees when he shaved his head and, and yeah. was calling him towards him. And in this one, he's taking on the persona even more so than the non-Jason that was doing all the killing in this one. Yeah. So, but that final shot, like you were talking about with Pam, who was working at the... the it's not an asylum. It's I don't know what to it's call like it. It's like a halfway house. Yeah, it's like a halfway house. Yeah. When he, so at the end of the movie, when he is, looks like he has escaped out the window, he yeah. busts the window just for to effect, effect, I guess, yeah, because yeah. he needs yeah. the rain, he needs the rain in that room right now. <laughs> Jason is empowered <laughs> by rain. this rain, I mean, the, the rain machine industry, I mean, just right. has to be thankful for Paramount <laughs> yeah. Pictures, I mean, they stayed afloat during the 80s just from this one damn franchise, <laughs> right. it rains every entry, doesn't yeah, it? I think so, yeah. But he busts the window, and so she's looking out the the busted window, and he comes up from behind with the blue mask on, and he holds the knife up. And that's obviously, there's no way out of that that he didn't kill her. Yes. So, for this movie, it makes perfect sense, and I don't think that they had to erase the look that young Feldman gave in the previous movie. I think it makes sense, because this is a time jump. It's like five years later again. Yeah, alright. So, in that time period he could he's gone through a lot they say that he's gone through a lot they talk about the drugs and the treatments that they've given tommy in these other places in the city and whatever and they still don't solve what happened to the sister what happened to the mom what happened to the dog like you brought up yeah you don't even know what happened to the dog the dog like (laughs) dives out the window in four you said he's like we just see a dog commit suicide (laughs) it looked like he jumped out the second window second floor window but i don't know some cujo shit (laughs) but the dog gordon and the mom are still missing and tommy in this movie looks at a picture of all of them but they still don't say anything about him he's Anyway. He looks sad, but it's yeah. like, is he just missing them? Right. Is he never going to see them again? Right. <laughs> but What's his motivation? But yeah, so in this movie, there's no way he could not have killed Pam after the movie after the movie cuts. So, to answer your question, long story long, I don't know. They just <laughs> had to retcon that. Again, which kind of each entry kind of does that. It just, like I said, it kind of fudges the end of the previous one yeah. to make this next one work. All right, All right so... 
how much can I pay you right now to actually sing the body count like the 12 Days of Christmas? Cause uh, I'm not going to do that. you got a freaking grocery list over yeah. there. Uh, you want me to just say the numbers right now? Okay, what's, to... what's the, uh, we've got a body count once again with an asterisk. Yeah, I have to qualify this again because, okay, so the first two happen in a dream sequence. And you looked at me right away and was like, do these count? And I'm like, well, that happened on screen, so I was counting them. And so on through the movie... Man, what a film school question this is now. (laughs) But we get all the way, so at the end, there's another dream sequence. So the scene... (laughs) Prior to the scene we just (laughs) talked about, there was a dream sequence with kind of the same thing happening. Yeah, it was. It was the exact (laughs) same thing up to a point. Pam goes into Tommy's room... He, she goes in to look at him. This time he's in the hospital bed in the dream sequence. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you haven't seen the movie, this is probably very confusing. Um, <laughs> totally. Yeah, Tommy's in the bed. And I think someone lifts up the covers and he's got the machete and he chops her. And then he laughs and then he wakes up. And then she comes into the room again and then the scene that we just had. Yeah. So there's another dream sequence in this movie. But Pam gets killed. So do I count that? Because she is actually a character in the movie... I was counting these others because they weren't characters in the movie, but it happened on screen. But she's a character in this movie. And she still might have died even after that. Yeah, exactly. She got killed in the dream sequence, but then she was alive again. (laughs) But after the movie cuts to black, there's no way she didn't die. So do I count that or not? I have to just put an asterisk by it. So (laughs) with all of the dream sequence deaths, not counting the death that we didn't have on screen, it's 22. Okay. If you take out the Pam dream and the two dream sequence deaths in the beginning, it's 19. 19 actual, real kills in reality of this movie. 19. Wow. Which is enormous. That's so many people. Yeah. Is it too early to do my Joe Bob Briggs tribute for breast no, count? Because once again, much like you, you, with you, the had body a lot, count, you had a lot easier task this time, I think. Well, yeah. It's, it's quality, not quantity in this one. Right. But also. I myself have an asterisk to put in front of the breast count. So (laughs) we'll break it down here. I'm going to start breaking it down a little bit more maybe. Because I think part five holds a special place in my heart for on-screen nudity. Because, and I'm not trying to get into a Mr. Skin thing because he's got the monopoly, of course. Like I said, this is more of a Joe Bob tribute. Mm -hmm. So Joey Bob? (laughs) Joey Bob, goodness. Uh, That's all right. First one we see, uh, Lana, the diner waitress. Yes. Uh, who is getting picked up by everybody's favorite shitty dude male nurse. Yeah, Billy. <laughs> yeah. So Coked up Billy. Yeah. That was not the first pair of breasts I saw as a kid. It was actually, I'd seen Revenge of the Nerds earlier that weekend on oh, HBO. Great. So that's actually probably the best case scenario as far as wow. versus mode. Because on-screen nudity and Revenge of the Nerds right. is like Hall of Fame worthy. Right. You got up and down. Was going. that your first week of on-screen it, nudity? It really was, oh, actually. Yeah. Right. I mean, like, that I can remember the really first, you know, like, I guess the breasts and 16 candles, that was pretty okay. early on, too. Mm-hmm. But this was, this one where it just kind of was running rampant. Right. Like, I didn't know you could do that more than once in a movie. Right. I thought it was like a, there was some sort of rule in the Constitution. So, <laughs> so Lana... Well casted for that, okay. Sure. But I, I guess she's a garbage person. Yeah, we have a maybe maybe a garbage people count yeah, that I we'll wanted to, to start doing a, a rating. Yeah. But uh, so they do that, and 
this this woman who is infamously named Deborah Voorhees in real life, which is great, yeah. of course, and you know Hall of Fame on screen breasts for sure. So that's during the forest sex scene. Yes, and the guy lasts five seconds. You know, <laughs> I, I guess I can't say I blame him, but uh, the, they do that. And then there's the the other girl who really doesn't have much of a role, and she she uh, she has yeah. one later. Robin. Robin, and then but then you get to the main woman. Pam. Pam, thank you. And she runs through the rain a lot in a white top with no bra on. Yep. So you see her breasts, but, you know, I mean, it's either six or eight. So uh, <laughs> there's an asterisk next to the on-screen nudity yeah. on this one. So right. for breast count, I'll say six, eight asterisk. <laughs> All right. I had to piggyback off your body count there. Yeah, no but, worries. Uh, yeah. That's what happened in part five. Part five is interesting in so many ways. Right. So... How many suspects were there in this movie, Chris? There were a lot. And there were a lot of people in this movie that served no other purpose except for, one, to be a suspect, or two, to be murdered. Like, a bunch of people like that. And it's kind of hard to separate them. Like, so you were talking about the garbage people, which I kind of started with the 3D one because of the people in the beginning. And I'm not sure if I should qualify garbage people as people that look like they smell like garbage because that's kind of what i was thinking when i it said helps. that the first time yeah but or the, just the, people that are inserted into the movie for no other purpose except to be thrown away as garbage by getting murdered yeah like the beastie boys in this one yeah <laughs> like exactly the beastie boys meet sha na na yeah you just say did we just jump back into a 50s <laughs> yeah uh, it's like 50s <laughs> uh, tough tough guys with their leather jackets and their yeah, they're called Tuffs. Yeah, Tuffs. Hey, with the shivs, you know. Right. Like, yeah, hey. I expect them to, like, unroll cigarettes from their sleeves. And, <laughs> like, but, yeah, it was two guys. They that, don't have any girlfriends, either. Right. So, I guess they're they're just method acting for right. themselves. They're role-playing that night, I guess, yeah. for themselves. So, if we consider garbage people, people that are just in there to be thrown away as victims. Yeah. Then, yeah, there was Pete and Vinny, which were those two guys that they broke down on the road and... They got murdered, and that was it. That was there was a... no purpose for them except for that. Just put a flare in the guy's mouth. Yeah. That was the purpose, right? I, well, that was the purpose. That's exactly. It was yeah. To be garbage. Do you count... Um, well, okay, so you I talked... count the male nurse as a garbage person. Yeah, yeah. Billy yeah. and Lana, who were the yeah. two at the diner where you were just talking about Lana. And, and Lana wouldn't have been a garbage person. Her, her breasts definitely made a case for herself <laughs> as not being a garbage person because she served a different purpose in the film. However, she wanted to do coke that had been on the floor of a dirty-ass <laughs> car. Right. So that automatically qualifies you as a garbage person. Yeah, And see, yeah, because these people have no relation to the plot or the story. So that's kind of my reasoning in my head. Yeah, Not done. This, yeah. That's four right there. Yeah. Are any of them suspects early on? No, none of them are. Right? None of them yeah. are. They, yeah, they're just there to get killed. Okay. And then I would say... It's but one, so- of, one of one of the, the, the guy, the day laborer guy... Right, yeah. He's, he's not a shitty dude. No, mm, he's his, spying his, on the kids while they're making out in the woods. Well, okay, yeah, but once again, we talked about how well that was casted. I mean, well, uh, yeah, but still, that's, still makes okay, him a all right, piece all right. of garbage. All right, but he showed up modestly enough to that insane woman's house. We don't know anything about him. He could be the worst person in this movie. Yeah, he could be. That's but, why he's on the road, right? Yeah, right. That's why well, he's, he not might, paying, he's not paying taxes. I couldn't say sure. he might not be the worst because he didn't kill like 19 people. <laughs> sure. But, uh, well, we don't know. We don't, yeah, we don't. But that's the thing. He was in there to serve actually the purpose of being a suspect. 
Yes. Because he shows up, we're talking about the drifter guy that shows up to Ethel's house who didn't talk about them. Do you, so before oh, I get Ethel's into, a whole other thing. Okay, I'll talk about them in a second. He shows up to their house to, he says, like, can I do some work or whatever? And she tells him to go clean out the chicken coop or whatever. I don't know. Just clean up the shit yeah, back in the chicken poop coop. is his job. Yeah. And then he gets to eat. And then, so he disappears <laughs> and then he shows up spying on Tina and Eddie while they're having sex in the woods. Right. And he get, promptly gets killed there. So he's like set up and you think he might be a suspect because there's this strange, creepy guy that's just kind of wandering around this area. You don't know who he is or where he's from. Yeah. But then 10 minutes later or so, he's completely murdered. So suspect in, suspect out. And that's it. Yeah. I'm still debating internally whether or not he's a garbage person or not. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, he's in there just to... Yeah, because it's tough, because he is thrown in there to be a suspect. Exactly. And where these other people weren't. And you might watch too for a second. That's all I'm trying to say. That's all I'm trying to say. <laughs> You're really trying to defend him, aren't you? Well, a little bit. <laughs> um, but, so, do you consider... This is my big question. Okay. Do you consider Ethel and Junior garbage people? Junior is a garbage person. All right. He is their... He's part okay, of the plot. The, he is part of the plot in the script. Things that he does furthers the plot in some way. He was there. He Tommy beat the crap out of him. Yeah. And that showed that Tommy has this... It was another example of Tommy having this rage inside him that just explodes. Because he had already attacked Eddie earlier when Eddie scared him with his own mask. And he did the fireman's carry throw onto the table. Yeah, and, gave him a Death Valley driver. Death Valley driver in, in the breakfast. <laughs> By the breakfast table. Yeah. And then he just beats the holy crap out of Junior because there's no one there to stop him. Yeah, by the way, for you hardcore film fanatics, that's the way my breakfast with Blassie should have gone. <laughs> just belly uh, driver through a table? Yeah, that's how it should have maybe ended, you know. <laughs> Quick plug for uh, the Wrestling House show, by yeah. the way. That's a, that's a double plug right <laughs> yeah. there because we could talk about that on this show right, too if yeah, we wanted. Yeah. So. so, to me, even though they look like they smell like garbage... They're I, actually kind of not. I kind of don't think they are. Because That's weird. That's so weird. It also sets up Ethel sort of as a suspect because she said at the beginning of the movie that she was going to murder the next kid that got onto her. That immediately long. disqualifies you as a suspect, though. You Does know it? this. In every movie, that but completely immediately disqualifies you. We know you. that because we're watching the movie, but as far as part of the story, it still kind of makes her a suspect. She's also short. That's true. And you did see the killer's hand at times, and that's definitely a yeah. dirty, big hand. Yeah, um, Randy Quaid's more of a suspect than she is. <laughs> right. Whatever his name is. Yeah, I don't uh, I, All I got from the movie. But he's totally TV. doing Cousin Eddie, you know. Yeah. Like, yeah. So, I will say that... So, we're not bashing this movie a whole no, lot No, no, we're just having fun with Actually, it. Actually, because this movie is fun, and it's not... I wouldn't say it's poorly written, it's written to serve the purpose of what it's supposed to do, which is to provide many deaths, a fair amount of breasts and nudity, and that's pretty much it. But it does actually, like we said, there are connections throughout the story so that it actually does make sense and it does provide this bridge through the entire series, which you said before, sure. which doesn't entirely work, but it still does that. So, Okay, let's cut to the crash right. here. <laughs> Let me ask you, Chris. All right. So, the guy who is the killer. Yes. He is. We were getting to him, yeah. Y yes. He is the uh, the paramedic guy, or the EMT guy, yeah. who's not the shitty dude of the two, at least upon first impressions. Well, yeah, first impressions. But whose fault 
is this Chris. All those stupid reactions that make him so freaking obvious to where you almost are thrown off of his scent. Yeah. (laughs) Because he is the killer. They they focus on him a lot on the scenes that he's in. He chews the freaking scenery up. Yeah. Is that the screenwriter's fault, or is that the director's fault for choosing those shots? That's the director's fault, I think, okay. for doing that. And if it's in the script, you'd cut that out, yeah. right? Yeah. You would you would if you were doing this, right? Yeah, definitely. The first... How, so, do, you, how do you give him scenes? If, if, uh, I just if don't... He has, to be, he has to be important, obviously. Yeah. So, do you just... Maybe give him a piece of dialogue when he first picks the kid up, and the you know, the first death. Yeah, I just, to me... I don't like him as the killer at all. I think it's a it's a cheap way it's a, it's to a put a killer in because it's such a random connection to make. It is. So basically this guy, this paramedic is the father of the character Joey in the movie who is one of the kids at the halfway house that gets murdered by this other guy named Victor, one of the other kids yeah. in the beginning. And so one of the scenes we're talking about when the paramedics come to pick up the dead kid with his arm completely chopped off laying on his back. Yeah. The one paramedic is chewing gum. Like, in all these movies... In, in, hey, what's the big deal? Yeah, they're always eating something or... Because <laughs> yeah. the, yeah, the nurse the, guy... Yeah, Fackler was eating a sandwich yeah, or something. exactly. <laughs> they're always doing that. And uh, even, like, I think, Return of the Living Dead, um, he was yeah. like, very nonchalant yeah. about the body. Anyway. Oh, nice, uh, nice reference there because yeah. uh, two people... Yeah. From Return of the Living Dead are in this movie. Right. Miguel Nunez Jr. and the guy who acts murders. Right, Victor in this one yeah. played suicide in Return of the Living Dead. Yeah, and is this the... I mean, besides the killers in the franchise. Yeah. Jason, Mrs. Voorhees, this guy. <laughs> Roy Barnes is his name. Thank you. Is this the uh, only death that is that occurs with someone entirely... That's not one of them. Like, you know, like, is this the only civilian on civilian murder? Uh, I can't think of any others off the top of my head. Now we're going to have to keep it out. Because it definitely hasn't happened in the first four. Yeah. There's no, like, accidental, oh, I thought you were Jason, but you're not. But I killed you anyway. Kind of thing that happens in so many movies. We'll see. We're going to keep track now. But the scene we were talking about is the, that scene where the paramedics come. They lift the sheet off the body, the the gum-chewing paramedic, and the other one. Super obvious shots of his face as he's completely shocked and he's looking and he looks around and he looks at the other kids and he sees Tommy and everybody knows that Tommy is there apparently. Yeah. The cops know, the paramedics know. <laughs> yeah. They know what he went through, the mayor it knows. It was literally an AP release. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like the guy they know that he fax. got there that day. So, and, and then when they pick up the Beastie Boys later on. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> or the Shanana Beastie Boys. Right. So... I can forgive this scene even though they spent a lot of time on paramedic burns his face as he's giving all these reaction shots without knowing that he's related to the kid that got killed you can kind of see his reaction in different ways because it is a really gruesome scene sure his arm is completely off of his body laying yeah. on his back and there's blood everywhere you could hypothetically be a paramedic in that kind and of a town get shocked and get that. a thousand calls yeah and you would never see something like right. that the scene I can't forgive that I know you were alluding to <laughs> is when they're picking up, like you said, the Beastie Boys, Shanana kids, the, the 1950s toughs. Yeah. They, the same paramedics are there, and the cops are there. And so paramedic Burns is very nonchalant this time. He doesn't have that shocked look on his face, even though these 
two kids got brutally murdered. Yeah. And then as the main police officer is talking to one of his subordinates, whatever, his deputy or whatnot, I don't know. He's like, there's a crazy guy yeah. out there. <laughs> exactly. And when he says something like that, paramedic Burns happens to be behind him on screen and he turns his head towards the camera and says, were you talking to me? Because <laughs> I'm the only one yeah. here. Well, I'm not. Yeah. But I just wanted to say it that way. Yeah. And then the cop says, like, no, I wasn't. And he says, okay, well, thank you, officer, or something. You see, he keeps talking. And it lingers on his face. I can't forgive that scene. That's yeah. way too obvious of trying to insert him into the plot. And the fact that he's not in any of the rest of the movie yeah. makes it super obvious. Even, I can't remember, like I said, I can't remember the first time I watched this. But if I didn't realize something was up at that point, then I'm not paying attention to the I was movie. probably I, I was probably completely not paying attention to the first I mean time if I, I was a kid then yeah. yeah if there's no there's no killing and there's no yeah. nudity I'm kind of out even with the thousand characters they've introduced in this movie and the 500 they <laughs> that they introduce as suspects those two scenes together make it pretty pretty obvious yeah but I didn't realize it when I was 11 yeah yeah <laughs> well why would you yeah but there's yeah, there's exactly. I think part of it is because there's so much going on there's so many deaths like every few minutes i think you said that the producers had said that they told the director every eight minutes yeah someone has to die yeah and so he did that and he doubled up he like did two every eight minutes <laughs> yeah. or something like that i'll show them yeah, right so another by the way this one and one of the other ones originally got an x rating upon its initial yeah. submission to the fabulous mpaa right so another one that they filmed all the gore and all the nudity, and it yeah. all got cut out. That's or one of the a lot things. Of it penetra- all types of penetration cut out. <laughs> right. That's one of the things I was going to say. A lot of the... There are so many deaths in this movie, but as I mentioned to you while we were watching it, there's not a lot of impact shots. There's the flare in the mouth. Um, there's really... I can't really even think... One of the... I think throat cuttings, you can kind of see that, but it's one of those really basic... It's not a good one like Savini where... Right. Like in the first yeah. one, my favorite kill from the first movie, Annie, where the throat cuts yeah. and you actually see it separate and the blood pours yeah. out of the cut. Oh, you can tell Savini did not Yeah, it's just there's already blood on this guy's neck and the machete just reveals it, uncovers it as it comes across because of the way the camera's angled. Yeah. So the effects aren't as good and there aren't impact shots. It's motion... And then you hear the impact, and then you see the aftermath, and there's yes. nothing in between. Yeah, your brain does most of the work. Yeah. And there's there's so many deaths in this movie, they went and recycled their favorite kill, yeah. which is knife through the bed. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Robin got it through the bottom of the bunk bed. Um, <laughs> but I liked... I don't know. This is a tough movie. Like we were saying, there's so many suspects built but it's not they didn't build him in a very good way because like we said the drifter came in and out was he a suspect well he didn't last long enough ethel was she a suspect well she's too obvious burns wasn't set up as a suspect so much but it was super obvious that it was him so i would say that like even though this is the first one where they tried to set up suspects since the first one really so i just don't think it's well, it's definitely not as well made a movie as the first one. And so I think they tried to kind of do that again, but which doesn't really make as much sense to me because to me, on a first viewing, I would think that, like you said, I'm either thinking that it's Jason or it's Tommy because of that first scene. Mm-hmm. I'm not thinking about any other suspects. No. I don't, that doesn't even it's cross a, my mind. It's not a whodunit until you watch it yeah, again. Yeah, exactly. So 
to it's make it neatly that way. layered in that way. Like uh, in, in a I sense, th- like you know, I have to kind of say that to myself. Sure. So I, I'm going to approach it differently now. To know? me, it's just it's it's a it's confusing tones because it's not set up as a whodunit. Yet when you watch it the second time, you can see, oh, they did try to set up suspects, but I didn't get that the first time. Yeah. That means it's not a well-made movie. Okay, fair enough. And this is the first time I noticed this. I've probably seen this movie maybe about five times, five sure. or six times. Yeah. Now, Pam mm-hmm. sure acts a lot like Pamela Voorhees when she finds a Dudley from different strokes in the hallway. Reggie? Thank you. Yes. <laughs> this is how I do this. Right. So, did you notice that, Chris? Did you notice how much she acts like Pamela Voorhees at the end of one? I didn't think when, about that until you said it. But when she walks up to yeah. Alice at the end, yeah. she's at, Pam, this Pam is acting like Pamela. Right. Like, watch it, even if you just watch this movie, <laughs> maybe for the first time, or a rewatch, right. just go back and cue that scene up yeah. and tell me that they didn't do that intentionally. And if they didn't, man, they really fell into something there. Or to, Whatever choice she made and how she delivered her dialogue and the yeah. mannerism, I'm going to go, what's wrong? I'm going to go check up in this room. Yeah. And then she acts horrified. And then it's still kind of like, well, come with me. Everything's yeah. going to be okay. I totally saw that this time. I didn't get that until you said it, but it makes a lot of sense. Because this is the scene where they were talking about after... Jake, Robin, and Violet, the last three that were still at the halfway house that had stayed behind, Mm -hmm. they all get killed in quick succession. And Reggie, who is the kid who is there because his grandfather works at the halfway house, he goes upstairs and finds them. They're all piled on one of the beds. Another callback to every single movie where they find... This is going even further, though. They Mm -hmm. always find something on a bed. Sure. And that's what kind of breaks everything open. That's when you start to see Jason full-bodied or the killer... And that's when it's a fight rather than a stalk. Yes. And so this is the same thing. I didn't really realize the connections to the previous movies because this movie felt a lot different. But there actually are a lot. So that's the scene we're talking about. And after Reggie sees it, like you said, Pam comes up. And so it's the same thing as Pamela Voorhees booking it outside to her Jeep and running back around and going through the whole spiel. I never thought about it, but the fact that her name is Pam kind of makes me think that it's not a coincidence. Yeah, she was definitely a suspect, whether you realize it or not, all this time she has been. And when you said that, when you said that, I was like, oh wait, and then it went, I went through my head to try to think about where she was when all these people were being killed. She was out there with Tommy at the same time when Ethel and Junior were being killed, so it could have been either one of those two, because they were both out there. And the other coincidence I think I was reaching for a little bit heavier was because right around the time the major sex scene happens, you saw a cat. And then in the next scene, you saw roosters or cocks. Right. So pussy and cock within one scene to the the, literally like just a couple of minutes separation there. Is that a coincidence? Uh, I'm asking you because you've actually taken classes on doing this stuff. There, so the thing is, with good movies, there's nothing on the screen that's not meant to be there for some reason. Okay. But these aren't all good movies, and I wouldn't necessarily call this a good movie, so sometimes there's stuff on the screen that's not there for a reason, but I don't think that's a coincidence. I think that was there on purpose, for whatever reason it is. I don't know. You can make with that what you will, but yeah, I'm sure it was 
set up there for a reason. Because there were... Because at no time did they even discuss or explain why the roosters hang out at that place. Right. They're just there. They're just there, yeah. Yeah, we don't know. Yeah. Uh, maybe, maybe Dudley's grandfather is, uh, is you know, like does the farming and uses the eggs to cook for the kids. Reggie's grandfather. Yeah, Reggie. You can call him Dudley. <laughs> I, I know him as Are Dudley. Gonna, right. <laughs> I was a different strokes kid. Right. Totally. But, yeah, because... This movie is more subtle than I would say three was, but it's or and two really now that I think about it. But it's not that subtle a lot of the time because, like you said, there's that. But then even going back to the scene with the paramedic Roy Burns where he's talking to the cop very blatantly, the end of that that scene ends with the deputy saying, "There's a maniac on the loose." Cut directly to Roy Burns <laughs> as he's smiling and putting the body into the the yeah. paramedic car or yeah. whatever all right i'm gonna put you through a speed round real quick chris oh, no. yeah you have no idea that i planned this i don't already. know what's happening okay chris joey let's go really quick through all the deaths okay and i want you to tell me how many of these you think were done with the mask and without the mask because i've got a theory go are we talking about the dreams or in nah, just, everything, just, or just the the, the ones of paramedic? Deaths. The ones of okay. the ones of paramedic. So film. we're skipping the first three. Sure, we're going to the flare into Vinny, the fifties tough Beastie Boy guy in the mouth, and Pete at the same time. Yeah. Uh, I don't think he needed the mask at that point. Okay, um, I said this only works in this installment because yeah. of what it is, right? Okay, so maybe no mask. Maybe no mask. But I think he was wearing... I think you could kind of see the jumpsuit that he's wearing. Okay. If I could... I may be wrong about that. Um, the next two deaths were Billy and Lana at the diner. He doesn't need a mask for that. There's no reason to have the mask. Because none of these people, like we already said, have no bearing on the story or the plot. They're completely separate from everything. They're separate from the halfway house. The characters... Characters don't even know some of these people. Yeah. Oh, by the way, speaking of that Lana diner death, yeah. you noticed the axe. Oh, yeah. The axe that Vic killed Joey with in the beginning that started this whole thing. In the back of Billy's head, it's the axe with... It's the double-sided axe, the one that Vic was using to chop wood that he chopped Joey yeah, with. Yeah, and Lana saw it too. Yeah, so. and it was very clear that it was, so that's setting up Vic as one of the killers. And that's a pretty good suspect right there actually yeah. oh of course because of he's course. taken away he could have escaped easily yeah. well i say easily i mean in this these kind of movies like, yeah it could have be it would be easily and so i think at this point after tommy he's really the main suspect and it's a it's a good one so now we're starting to get closer to the halfway house so i think he probably has the mask by this point because this is the first one that happens in the daytime he kills the drifter that's spying on tina and eddie as they're making out in the woods See, I, I have a theory that he didn't have a mask for that one. Really? I think anybody who he gouged their eyes out, he wasn't. Okay. That's just maybe some symbolism on my part, but... Uh... You know, you might have something there, actually, <laughs> because he just stabs the drifter guy, but the drifter guy didn't have anything to do with the plot. He didn't know any of the kids from the halfway he, he, house. He wouldn't know him either, yeah. Right, so this was just another random person. Okay, yeah, I can buy this, because the next one... It's Tina, she gets the garden shears to the eyes, and the one after that is Eddie, he gets the belt across the eyes that gets tied on the tree. Both of their they both have their eyes gone. So I think you might be right. I think he doesn't have the mask there. The next ones are two more people that don't have anything to do. They don't know anyone from the halfway house. 
except they had just met Pam and Reggie, because this is Demon, uh, played by the, the great. phenomenal Miguel Nunez Jr. Better and, adjective than me, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> and his girl... You know, sorry, my favorite Miguel Nunez Jr. Harlem Knights, underrated. Nice. You broke my nose, man! <laughs> He's great. Street so, Fighter, anything he's in, he makes a little bit better. Right. So these two, I don't think he needed the mask, and he doesn't gouge, He doesn't do anything to their eyes uh, because they have no connection. They're connected to Reggie, but they don't know any of the kids. They don't know anything about Tommy because they didn't meet him. Yeah, and Demon doesn't see him either. Yeah, Demon doesn't see him at all. Yeah, and we don't know how... Well, we know how Nina dies. Yeah. She just gets throat, throat slashed. Probably from behind. Probably from behind. Had to be. Yeah. Had to, have to be. Yeah. The next two are Junior and Ethel. Junior gets it by surprise. He gets his head chopped off as he's riding his motorcycle. And Ethel gets a cleaver through the face through a window. So neither one of them see yeah. him either. And timeline wise, Tommy has already beaten up that guy. Junior. Yeah. Junior. So they take it off. That eliminates him as a suspect right there, doesn't it? it eliminates because he, Tommy? Yeah. Mm, I don't think so. Because she's like, let's go, Tommy. You know, like. Yeah, but. What's he going to do, double back? And she's going to be really... Well, like... yeah, of course. So he's he's eliminated right there as a nah, suspect. No, I don't think so. Okay, but we still is. have no mass kills as of, as of right now, right? Yeah. Potentially. Yeah, if we're, yeah potentially right. no mass kills. All right. Uh, the next one is Jake, one of the kids in the halfway house. By this point, I kind of think that he does have the mask because he's in the halfway house. I think he needs to have it because what if he runs into Tommy, you know? Yeah. And you see the mask when he kills... You don't see the mask until Violet? after Violet. Okay. During Violet, right? See, that's the thing. My my brain is like... Yeah. Is is my brain just seeing the mask now when I'm thinking about it in retrospect? Or is I think it, it might there? be because he huh. walks in and you see his feet. And then she looks... She turns to the door and there's nothing there. Then he comes up and he grabs her by the neck and puts her up against the wall. I don't yeah. think you see the mask. I don't remember, yeah, I don't remember seeing it. I think the first time you see the mask <laughs> is, okay, so after those three go down, the next thing that happens is when Reggie finds the bodies in the bedroom, and that's when we said Pam goes up, takes them, they go downstairs, this guy busts through the door, and that's when you see full body guy, blue Jason mask. That's yeah. the first time you see the mask. I'm call, almost positive. Call back to the final chapter. Yeah. It's, I like the shot, too. It's a sure. cool shot. It's sure. not as cool as the shot from the final chapter. Right. Stick with what works, but, though. Yeah. But it's it's a cool shot, because the door just explodes. <laughs> These doors, man. Yeah. But that's the first time you see the full... I think I'm, like I said, 100, 99% sure that that's the first time you see the blue Jason mask. Okay. And here's a dead giveaway that you know it's not really Jason. Hmm. If you're really thinking hard about it, he's not walking to another freaking barn. The last time he right. walked into a barn, things did not go his way. No, they did not. This one just went right in. Yeah. <laughs> like, we're, that's we're, true. we're doing this. Not before this awesome twist happens, though, where it's almost very action movie like. Mm. You know, we, we got right out of the horror genre, right into an action scene, which I, I thought was kind of refreshing, actually. So. And it involves a tractor. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, like, Pam's about to get housed by Jason. Yeah, because she won't stand up. <laughs> Quote, unquote, Jason. Yeah, right. she's just wriggling around. Like she's she's in like a mud... crawling. Like, yeah, for she... 20 seconds. She she's literally up. having a mud wrestling match <laughs> with herself. Right. So, and then and Dudley comes out with a tractor. Reggie. Reggie. <laughs> and he, uh, you know, knocks out, quote, unquote, Jason. Yeah. 
and the, I just really dig it. And yeah, he, just, he cool. adds so much to this movie. Him and his brother. <laughs> I like. Yeah. No, I really like the Reggie character. Yeah, he's a really great character. I do feel like he's kind of. So we were talking about this is set up similar yet different than the previous movies, but I feel like Reggie is kind of an approximation of the role that Tommy played in the final chapter because, I mean, it's a kid and he is one of the ones, he doesn't actually do the killing blow in this one, but you, he does save Pam. So he kind of fills that, that yeah. young kid role. Well, so. I, guess, I guess she does have to be his girlfriend now. Right. <laughs> is that <laughs> makes, how that works? Makes sense. Well, it's a better choice than Tommy. <laughs> Jesus. Right. <laughs> so give but, it a couple yeah. of years, <laughs> but yeah, I really do like the Reggie character. And like you said, that does set up, you, if you didn't make the connection with the mask, then, because there's no axe notch in it either. There's no yeah. injuries yeah. to him. Yeah. So if you're paying attention, if you're paying close attention, then you're going to know something's up. But if you didn't, this is another reason why. Because when he hits him with that tractor, the non-Jason, the blue Jason, uh, stands up and he looks at his midsection and he looks at the blood and he's like, oh, like this isn't good. Like, he gives a little bit of that reaction where that hadn't happened in previous movies. Yeah, not the machine type that you're right. used to, you know. He's definitely not in this one. Because he does get injured a couple times, and none of them are nearly killing blows, and but he does kind of slow down a bit, and he does kind of writhe in pain more than previous yeah. ones. I like the idea of Tommy stabbing him in the leg with that pocket knife, yeah. and then going up to the second floor area of the barn, because... Yeah. That makes total sense to me. Like yeah. I would, I would have done that too. Yeah. Like he's not climbing up that thing, or at least not well. Yeah, but he did, and I could still get the drop on him. Yeah, you know? I mean that's the thing, get into a yeah. elevated position. And that was the kind of the thing when we were watching it. Pam called to Tommy, said, "Come up, come up here," and I was like, "Okay, <laughs> climb up there, and then what? Like, where are you gonna go? What are you gonna do?" But yeah, you're right. Like if they had, like, there's only one way up. They could have kicked him in the head and like not let him get up just keep knocking him back down they didn't do that they formulated some sort of plan really quickly to do the, the bait and switch but uh, which ended up working out for them so yeah. good for them yeah and one last thing before we get out of here i like your theory that he stole one of tommy's masks out of his room yeah <laughs> i think he had to have because so he's got the blue mask on front but like you said when did he have time to shave his head yeah. and i was like i remembered it fairly well because i remember that really weird shot so after non-jason rory burns paramedic blue jason falls out of the barn and well he falls out he doesn't die and you have to have tommy come up and knock him off because he has to have the final say in everything yeah. even though he did nothing else yeah well he did he did that little stabbing well he beat up junior and he, he oh, yeah that's right yeah he, well uh, no i'm just talking about oh, in yeah. his dealings with jason yeah. you yeah, know he stabbed him a little bit yeah they but the other ones came to play so yeah. they were they were the uh, heart and soul of this yeah. one but he falls into those spiky things i'm sure it's some farm implement that i just don't know what it's called what is that is it used yeah. for hay or yeah, something probably. like what the hell yeah but he falls into that and the mask flies off and there's there's some sort of mask that he, full head mask that he's wearing underneath and yeah. it's because you see it for some reason it's splayed out like it's ripped and torn from a 
around his face, but there's no reason for it other than... Axe shot from... We didn't see the Tommy actual blow. But it was, like, all over the place. There was no blood on his face. I know, but, like, we didn't see it, so we're just assuming that he did that damage. It just exploded. The mask (laughs) exploded in the opening credits. It exploded off his face. Prone to that. Yeah. (laughs) His mask is prone to explosions. Yes. And so he's wearing this mask to cover his entire head to make him look bald like Jason. And my theory is that he stole one of Tommy's masks because Tommy, in the beginning, when he showed up to the halfway house and Reggie scares him with the the spider, Tommy turns around with that alien mask that he's wearing in the first scene of the final chapter. That's the same one where his mom says, yeah. you need to get a haircut. It looks like the back of the head yeah. could be that. So it could be that mask, yeah. possibly. I think the only thing, other thing that comes to mind that I want to say is, this is one of those movies that did have a movie within a movie. And you know how I feel about that sometimes. But this is actually a movie I hadn't seen, which I feel kind of bad about. I, and I think I've yeah. seen it. I, I think it might be on the IMDb list, which is the only reason yeah. I would have seen it. But I guess I just have no memory of it anymore, so I may have. Yeah. But, but what, what was the name of the film again? Robin and Jake are watching it uh, towards the end of the movie, and it's called A Place in the Sun. And the reason I wanted to mention it is because I like things like this, because the movie that they're watching has to do with someone who drowned in a lake. Okay. And so I like that connection. So I do think that there was care put into this movie. Yeah. I do think that the director and the writer cared about what they put on the screen because a lot of it actually was well done for the purpose that it served, which was to entertain and to have lots of death and nudity, yeah. which it did that really well. Yeah, for it was, me, it was a crowd pleaser in that sense. Yeah. Yeah. And there were, there were connections, like the whole Jason getting closer to Tommy throughout the movie... This little thing, little things like that that you can see in the background. The relationships between some of the characters I really like. I like Reggie and Pam together. I like Reggie and Demon together. I like Demon and Nina together. (laughs) So I like all these dynamics between these characters. As much as it pains me, I like the Ethel character because she's funny. She has good, genuinely funny lines. I despise the Junior character because he's super annoying and I was glad when they finally shut him up. Right. Who's more annoying, Junior or Shelly? Wow. Oh. Um, I dislike Shelley more because I think he's a worse person. Wow. Yeah. Well, we didn't get to know Junior as much. <laughs> Junior's super. There's annoying. a lot of layers in Junior, yeah. man. Let me tell you. <laughs> Junior is super annoying, but we know for a fact that Shelley is a terrible person. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> right. The only good thing about Shelley is the mask. Junior was probably breastfed till he was twenty-one. <laughs> probably. Junior doesn't know any better. <laughs> Shelly knows better, and he still chooses to be a terrible person. All right. But despite myself, I do <laughs> like this movie. Like, I don't think it's a... It's fun. Yeah, it's it's a very fun movie. Like I said, I wouldn't call it a well... It's well put together, but it's not a great, good movie. There's those things where they're insulting the intelligence a bit much at times to yeah. make this, like, this is a completely overly worthy entry into the franchise yeah but it's not such a bad waste of time either at the yeah. end of the day i enjoy it because i mean how if if you go to watch a movie a slasher movie and you want to see deaths you're gonna see a bunch of them yeah this one especially and, and that's that's what you get and i think the tommy character could have been better and they could have done a lot more with it but with so many characters they didn't have time to, to really do anything else well, next time, it's a whole new Tommy, once again. Yeah. And a whole new type of person, once again. Yeah. So you want to get out of here? 
Yeah, I guess right. I can't think of about anything an hour to say. on this one. We actually oh, we, we wow. analyzed this movie for an hour, which yeah. is pretty amazing. And in no time was I bored. So yeah. I hope everybody yeah. else feels the same fans. way. Yeah. So stay tuned. We are in the midst of a thirteen day marathon, thirteen shows in thirteen days, breaking down the Friday the Thirteenth franchise. And I hope you're having fun. We're having fun. Stay tuned on cnjradio.com for my show, Rock Strikes 10, and every episode on the website. Also, The Synaptic featuring Randy Brown on True Alternative. I'm doing these fast tonight. Sure. And Chris's great blogs of Last Theater on the Left, Movie Reviews, and Wrestling House Show, Pro Wrestling Reviews. And that's about it, in short. <laughs> but there's a lot of content on cnjradio.com, yeah. so stay tuned. We're trying to pump more and more out. And like you had said previously, more... New podcast coming up in Wrestling House Show in the nearish future. Yeah, for and sure. Then, We've already recorded stuff. I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then after these 13 days of the Friday the 13th marathon, we'll have regular content coming out, regular podcasts, more movie reviews, movie, movie, all sorts of movie stuff, horror, exploitation, trash, B-movies, all that stuff, all that good stuff. Go to cnjradio.com. Looking forward to Jason Lives. Are you looking forward to Jason coming back? I am. I and uh, I'm I'm always happy to watch part six. Yeah, I like Zombie Jason. Zombie Jason is so different, but I think watching these all together, like you said, back to back to back, it's it's giving me appreciation for the second half or the second, yeah, the the back end of the franchise. Yeah. So stay tuned to part six and see if I can find something wrong with six for me at least. <laughs> so I'm gonna really try to nitpick it, but we'll see. This could be a short one. <laughs> Bye. Responsible for this mess. I know who it is. You talking to me, Sheriff? No, Roy, it's okay. I thought you was talking to me. Looks like we got us a maniac on the loose, huh, Sheriff? <laughs>